0: The incandescence of your robe is inapproachable. You are the almighty God. We come before you this morning in total surrender to your sovereignty and to your power. Father, we come with our hearts full of gratitude for all you do for us and for all you've done and all you're about to do. We say glory to your name in the name of Jesus. We pray that, O King of glory, as you use this earthen vessel this morning, no one will hear my voice they will hear the voice of the lord jesus christ they will hear the message of jesus the message that will bring them salvation the message that will bring healing the message that will restore their hopes the words that will encourage their hearts the message o king of glory above all that will glorify the name of god the father in jesus name we have prayed somebody praise the lord This morning, we are continuing with the team for the month, living confidently, taking from the book of Psalm 23, Psalm 71, and Jeremiah 29, 11. And our topic this morning is the audacity of faith, the audacity of faith. Praise the Lord, somebody. And we are taking our scripture, main scripture from the books of Hebrew chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, John 2, 1 to 6, and 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. Praise the Lord. I'll start by reading from the book of Hebrew, chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, and I'm reading from the New King James Version for he has spoken in a certain place. Hebrew 4, Hebrew four fourteen, yeah. Sorry. Hebrew four fourteen. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness weaknesses but was in all points tempted as we are, yet with our sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Praise the Lord. Now read 2 Timothy seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. John 2, 1 to 5. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana or Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Praise the Lord, somebody. We are treating the audacity of faith. The words faith and confidence... Are so interrelated and close in meaning that most of the time they are interchangeably used. The Bible defines faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And I'll read from the Living Bible. He said, What is faith? It is a confident assurance that something we want is going to happen, it is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. I don't know what you'll be hoping for. I don't know what you've been trusting God for. Is it healing? Is it a job? Is it a wife? Is it a husband? Is it a breakthrough? We are told here that by faith, we have the assurance, the certainty that that which we are hoping for, is waiting for us. And it's going to come for us in Jesus' name. Somebody praise God. The confidence that a believer in Christ has stems from his or her faith in God. When we talk of confidence, the confidence of a believer, you know, there are different types of confidence. When we're Confidence can be defined as boldness. And when we're in secondary school, when you're in class two, you know, once you're in house, when you're in class two, when the class one students come, in fact, it's a time to display. In fact, the people to fear in secondary school those years were the people in class two and the people in class five. Because people in class five will torment people in class four. And people in class two will torment people in class two. People in class two will torment people in class one. If a class one boy is passing in front of you, say so you have the animal boldness to come and pass in front of me. Then you begin to speak all the new grammar you have learnt. Praise the Lord. But the confidence we are talking about here is one that stems from the faith we have in the God that made the heavens and the earth, the almighty God. The certainty and assurance of one's relationship with God. It is a sense of boldness that's dependent on a realization of one's acceptance by God and a conviction that one's destiny is secure in God. This te- confidence comes from the fact that you know that you, God has accepted you and you know that your, your future is secure in God because God is in charge. Praise the Lord. And that brings us to the the topic of today, today's message, the audacity of faith. We're going to discuss this topic from four legs, namely the simple meaning of audacity, the relationship between audacity and faith, the result of displaying confidence in God through faith, and the consequence of lack of confidence in God. Now, go quickly. The number one, the audacity. Audacity in simple terms. Audacity could be described as boldness. Sometimes it could be rude if not well managed. You know, there are some type of audacity you display, and people can mistake it for rudeness. Or for arrogance, I remember when I it was in when I was in class two that I got a revelation from God that I was going to run a construction company, and all along it overwhelmed me. There was kind of, kind of, going through my mind every time. That was what I meditated in. So when I was in the university, by the time when we were talking, i would be talking of how I worked for just three years and floated a construction company. It got to the time that they say they felt that I was arrogant, and that. The way I go about it, it's like I, 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 I hold tomorrow. But it was, it was a, a simple and sincere conviction I had in God that I serve. Praise the Lord, somebody. So audacity is a kind of boldness that empowers you to walk as, you, as you, if you're walking on top of the earth. Hello, somebody. The motto of my secondary school at Mahmata is, Oh, audacity fortuna juvat fortune favors the bold hello so when god says in second timothy 1:7 that he has not given us the spirit of fear but of love and of power and of sound mind another version says he has not given us the spirit of timidity again to fear because audacity our bold audacity favors the bold or fortune rather favors the audacious or the bold in other words when we know the god we serve we are called to be bold in what we do we are called to be audacious in what we do we are called to walk as if we understand where we are going because we know the person that's leading us praise the lord For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Fear is a destroyer. A lot of people have died out of fear. There was a case of somebody who went for medical checkup. That's why sometimes some of us who don't like to go for medical checkup, it's out of fear that you don't know what they will tell you. Because sometimes, self, they'll go and tell you a wrong thing. The guy was told that he had HIV. And within a few days, he had dried up practically. And one of the first said, ah, they this is, let's run this test again. And they went and, and ran the test again and found that the guy was, didn't have any HIV. Under 24 hours, he recovered. <laughs> Fear is a destroyer. Somebody said that somebody met the spirit of death in the desert and asked him where he was going. He said, we're going to a particular place. He said, what are you going to do? He said, you're going to kill 50 people. Then, by the next day, there was a news that 5,000 people had been killed. So the guy saw that, thing guy said, ah, but you told me you're going to kill only 50 people. Why do you kill 5,000? He said, I killed only 50. Fear killed the rest 4,500. <laughs> we are not given the given the spirit of fear, but of boldness and of power and of sound mind. Praise the Lord, somebody. Let's go to the second one, the relationship between audacity and faith. I'm going to read two scriptures to buttress this point and to take it on. And the first one I'm going to read, I'm reading from the Living Bible, 1 Samuel 17, verses 41 to 45. The Living Bible. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this nice little red-cheeked boy. Am I a dog? He roared at David. that you come at me with a stick. And he cursed David by the name of his gods. Come over here. And I will give you your flesh. to To the birds and to the wild animals. Goliath yelled. David shouted back in reply. You come to me with a sword and a spear. But I come to you. In the name of the Lord of the God. The Lord of the armies of heaven and of Israel. The very God whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut off your head. And then, I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know. That there is a God in Israel. And Israel will learn that God does not depend on weapons to fulfill his plans. He works without regard to human means. He will give you to us. Praise the Lord. I read again also from Hebrew 4, 14 to 16. This time I read from the New International Version. Therefore, since we have, have a great high priest who has ascended to heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet, he did not sin. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Praise the Lord. The two scriptures we just read are very instructive and significant. And we have a lot of takeaways from them. The first one is that the basis of the Christian boldness or audacity is a confidence derived from the faith in the almighty God to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every other type of confidence and boldness, any other one that does not stem from God is wishy-washy. And that's what we're told in the book of Psalm 127. He says, except the Lord builds a house. The laborers labor in vain. Except the Lord guides a city, watches over a city. The watchmen stay awake for nothing. Praise the Lord. I've told you a story of how an Amra, a young man that's a student in one of the universities, In Lagos, came to boggle a house in front of our project in Ikohi. The house he went to boggle had a fence that was not less than 12 feet high. It had uh, this metal fence wire, uh, security fence wire. It had Mopol stationed. In front of the house. Not one mopo, like four. But this young man came, climbed that wall. I don't know how he scaled it. Went into that place, boggled one of the houses, took things, and left. It was our own security. And I saw him, and they they ran after him and caught him. And they brought him. And the big question the people were asking is how did you penetrate? This kind of place, and he said that all he needs to do is to remove his two slippers and put it in front of the gate, and everybody will sleep. True life story. So, except the Lord keeps watch over a city, the watchmen stay awake. In you think the devil doesn't have power? He has, just that the power of Jesus is superior. Hello. The authority you are you are holding is dependent on the power from which you derived it you know there are different types of authority authority is a kind of empowerment derived from a power people don't have their own power they don't have their own power the power you exhibit is the one that is derived from somewhere so there's power that comes from the devil the one that comes from god the one of god of course god is the one that gave the devil the power originally because of abuse it was driven down. But it was left with those powers. And that's what you see about demons. Praise the Lord. So the, the boldness that we, we display, the one that we walk with, is the one that we derive from Christ. In other words, if you must walk with the real audacity that will be penetrable, that will not be penetrable, that will be able to do things for you, you have to first believe in Christ. Praise the Lord. We'll come back to that. David exited, exhibited this type of faith in God against Goliath. He said to him, "You come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of the armies of heaven and Israel." You can imagine a young boy that has something like equivalent of a catapult, a little young boy facing a giant. That's nine feet eleven. The spear, the javelin that Goliath carried weighed seven kilograms. Seven kilograms. Is the spear. He, was, he had a kind of gadget that would be difficult to penetrate. He was a giant and here was a little David. Coming against him in boldness. The Bible told us here that after Goliath had cursed David, David, she shouted back at him. David had a boldness that was derived from somewhere. Hello, somebody. David he did not have any serious weapon in his hands. He did not have the stature. He did not have the experience. Okay, he had some experience because he had killed kid animal. He had killed kid lion. He had killed kid bear. But it was not the experience of war. But David had something that nobody else, that Goliath did not have. Something that the other soldiers did not have. Faith. Absolute faith. Implicit faith. Complete faith in the God of Israel. Somebody praise the Lord. We have as our advocate. A great high priest, Jesus, the son of God who oversees our concerns. I know that at a time like this, I will not be asking you what you're going through because every one of us has one thing or the other that we go through. Four kata kata Roads are not working. The one I want to recount to them, there are so many, so many. But there is somebody who has gone through Anything we can imagine or we go through. Is it rejection? Jesus went through it. Is it abuse? Jesus went through it. Is it denial? Jesus went through it. Jesus went through every... Is it suffering? He groaned in the garden of Gethsemane. He prayed to the extent that the drops of water that was coming out of his body were like the drops of blood. There's nothing anybody can go through that Jesus has not gone through. This same Jesus, because he had gone through this experience for us, he's able to empathize. He's able to understand. He's able to put himself in our place. He's able to hold on for us. He's the one uh, who is our advocate who pleads for us? Who stands for us? Who is going to make sure that whatever you go through, you're going to come out of it victorious in Jesus' name? Somebody praise God. It will advocate. We have access to the throne of God in confidence to obtain mercy and grace for help in times of need by faith. We have access through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. Access to the throne of God, the merciful throne of God. In other words, you can stay where you are and pray and God will answer. All we need to do is exhibit faith and confidence in the almightiness of God, in the faithfulness of God to keep his promises. There have been so many times that things get you confused. I'm sure that by the time you if you if you cast back your mind, you will remember so many cases. Things that you thought were overwhelming you. And somehow, by simple prayer, you get answers. That God is still alive. God, God is here today to answer you. Praise the Lord, somebody. Let me go quickly to number three. The result of displaying confidence through faith. And again, I'm going to read two scriptures to treat this. The first one I take from Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and I read from the New King James Version, 29, 11 to 13. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, says the Lord, source of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you sat for me with all your heart. Praise God. I read also from the book of John chapter 2, 3 to 5, New King James Version. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Praise the Lord. From the scriptures, again, we can take a couple of things. Number one is that the almighty, the all-knowing, all-present God has us in mind all the time. He said, "I know the thoughts I think concerning you." He did say the thoughts are thought, so it's not a past; it's a present continuous. In other words, God is always thinking about us. I know the thoughts I think concerning you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a hope and a future. Praise God! All. God is always thinking about human beings, and that's why the angels got very jealous. And you see in the book of Psalm. Chapter 8, verse 4. He said, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? For you made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. God has crowned us with glory and honor. God visits us. God is mindful of us. What are we? It has pleased God to do so. Because God had decided to elevate man. He made us in his image after his likeness. He had never abandoned this world. And he will never abandon you. In Jesus' name. His thought for us is of good. And to give us a future and a hope. We have his assurance that when we call upon him and pray to him. He will listen to us. He has made himself available to us. If only we will seek him with all our heart. He said, then you will pray and I will answer. And you will seek me and I will be, be fond of you. Praise the Lord. So, most of the time, the answer to our challenges is just a prayer away. It's just a prayer away. And God wants us to have confidence in his ability and faithfulness to answer us. You see how Mother Mary displayed that kind of confidence. It was a great thing. Each time I read that place, I'm touched. They were in that party, marriage party, and they ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother just went to him with a very simple information they have no wine. Hello? God wants us to bring our request to him. Jesus was there. He knew they didn't have wine. But his mother had to take it upon herself to go and remind him. and say, look, they have no wine. And Jesus protested. What have I to do with you? It's not my time for public display of ministry. It's not my time for public ministry yet. Why are you disturbing me? But Jesus knew that the woman had displayed confidence in the almightiness of God. The woman knew that the woman had displayed faith. Knowing very well that Jesus is the son of God and, and he will solve that problem. His hands were held up. He had no choice. He had to answer. You know what Mary did? After Mary had put that information, she did not start arguing with Jesus when she said, What have I to do with you? It's not my time. She just walked away. I have done my part. He went to the maidens. Whatever he says to you, do it. In other words, once we have brought our request to God, the next thing is to go and pray to prepare for the miracle. Hello? Go and prepare for the miracle. Tell them go and prepare for a miracle. You know this song we sing? That says, um, see what the Lord has done. I told my people to also sing. Watch what the Lord will do. Watch what the Lord will do. This you are hoping for shall come to pass. Watch what the Lord will do. Let's take it one more time. Watch what the Lord will do. Watch what the Lord do. What you're hoping for shall come to pass. Watch what the Lord do. Praise the Lord somebody. In the book of Matthew chapter 15, verses 22 to 28, we see the Canaan woman there. She went to the Lord Jesus Christ and said to him, My daughter has a problem. He's demonized. I want you to come and help us. Jesus didn't answer the first time. And they continued insisting that he should come. The disciples said, ah, Please send this woman away. Jared. He's disturbing us. Get away. It's a Canadian woman. What have we to do with this one? And Jesus looked up to the woman and said, It is not proper to take the food that is meant for the children and give it to dogs, to little dogs. And the woman, you know what? The woman came back with faith. All you need is to know the word. Hello, somebody. Know the word. When the devil speaks, you counter it to the word of God. The woman came to Jesus and said, yes, Lord, you have spoken right, it is correct, I know, but you will let me tell you something too. Do you also remember that the puppies have the right to eat from the crumbs that fall from the tables of the master? Hello. Hello. And once he said that, Jesus looked up at her and said to her, I have not seen this kind of faith, not even in Israel. Let it be done unto you, even as thou wilt. Paul, i praise God. God needs us to have absolute confidence in him. Let me quickly go to number four. The consequences of not having confidence in God. And I read two scriptures again. The first one I take from Hebrew 1, 1 to 3. This time I'm reading from New International Version. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest, still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they had was no, of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now, we who have believed, enter that rest, just as God has said. So, I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet, his works have been finished since the creation of the world. Praise the Lord. The other scripture is taken from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 5 to 8, New King James Version. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. Praise God. From these two pictures we see, one, there is a promise of entering God's rest, which still stands for believers. The promise to enter the rest of God still stands is still available for all believers. For all believers. The rest of God. The kind of peace which Pastor Lord understanding, as described in Philippians forces. he said you will have peace. Indescribable peace. The peace that Pastor Lord understands will feel your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. You'll be so stable that nothing will be shaking you because you know that there's a solution for everything. There were some who had the good news of the salvation of Jesus Christ, but did not appropriate this great benefit to themselves by faith. They were denied access into God's rest by God's own oath. He said, I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet, his works have been finished since his creation of the world. From the beginning, God had made a plan for redemption because he knew very well that man was going to fall so there was a plan of redemption from the beginning Jesus to come and redeem us back to God but for those who refuse to accept this unfinished work say for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life whoever believes it doesn't matter who he is as long as he believes but for those who don't believe that promise is not for them. Praise the Lord. We need to be careful not to fall into the same trap. Trap of unbelief, which the children of Israel displayed. They displayed that trap of unbelief. When they were going to the, the, the land that was meant to be flowing with milk and honey, they had sent spies. They had checked out the land. Oh, called reconnaissance. They had gone there, they had seen. They brought up grapes, testimonies of great things. Only two people who had good testimonies to say about the sin. They said we went there, we saw that in truth, the land flows with milk and honey. Look at the kind of fruit we brought from that place. But we saw some giants. That one beclouded everything. Even when they saw, they had known that God himself had opened the sea. So they walked on dry, on dry ground. He had done a lot of miracles. He had done so many miracles in the land of Egypt. They didn't remember all those ones. We had to be careful not to fall into that trap. If you go back to your history, you will find that God had done a lot of things in your life. So whatever your challenge, whatever your challenge is right now, I can assure you that God will take care of it in Jesus' name. Faith or confidence in God must be firm. Double-minded people cannot attract the rest and the blessings of God. He said, for let that man suppose not that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In conclusion, lack of faith or confidence in God is equivalent to calling God a liar and untrustworthy this type of reasoning turns the person into an enemy of god god hates you so much when you begin to doubt him in hebrews 11:6 he said for without faith it is impossible it is impossible to please him for he who comes to god must believe that he is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him in the book of Numbers, we see the pain of God due to the unbelief of the children of Israel. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 11 to 12, He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will they reject me? And how long will they not believe me? With all the signs which I have performed among them, I will strike them with the pestilence and dis- disinherit them. And I will make you a nation greater, than, greater and much than they are. God was so pained. he He said he was going to wipe out the whole of the children of Israel and make Moses a great nation, greater than them. But thank God for the heart of Moses. Hello. Moses was given this blank check. But Moses was not the type to betray. Moses turned it down. Moses said to him, God, you know, if you do this, the heathens will think that after all you did in Egypt, you just you your brothers were here to destroy them. Moses began to plead. I can imagine if it was an African leader that was given this opportunity. If you want to know about betrayal, go and read about the downfall of about Varim, about Kosoko, about Kosoko. Go and read about this the. the, the Overthrow of Sylvanas Olympio of Togo in 1963. Go and read about Kwame Nkrumah. Go and read about Thomas Ankara of uh, Burkina Faso. Read about the downfall of this people. The people that were people who were negritude fighters. When you talk of negritude, you talk about these great leaders of Africa. But go and find out how they all fell. They were all betrayed they were all betrayed. Just for a promise. Anybody, people do anything. Look at what's happening in our country. You open your eyes and you lie to the whole world. You don't care. Stand in the open. Before, when people are doing the wrong thing, they will hide and do it in darkness. But this time, in the broad daylight, you stand and lie to the whole world and do all manner of evil that is unprintable because of a mess of porridge. Money that everybody will live here. Hello. Moses was given this opportunity. This one itself is that, it's even God that was offering it to him. But he said, no. It will be a betrayal on my side. I have called this, you used me to call these people out of where that place. And I have been in front leading them. And suddenly now you want to wipe them out and take me and make me a great nation. Ah, somebody did it in this country. Lieutenant Colonel uh, uh, Fajui. Yeah, was a Lieutenant Colonel then. When there was coup, and they wanted to kill the general, the head of state in his house, he said, you can't do that. He's my guest. The only way you can do that has to be over my dead body. Kill me first. And they killed him. That's a man of honor. We need men of honor. Somebody praise God. Are you here listening to me? You want to have that confidence, the audacity. The audacity that moves things in God. That audacity has to derive openly from Christ. And there's no way you can display it unless you're a believer. Are you listening to me online? Are you here? Are you in the penny hall? You know you've not had an encounter with Jesus before? You want to give your life to Christ now? Just wherever you are, place your hand on your chest? I just want to pray with you. Pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you this day. I surrender my life to you this day. I confess my sins. I know I've been a sinner. Father, take over my life. Forgive me my sins. From now, I want to be yours. And yours I will be. Accept me, I pray, in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for all those who have prayed all that prayer. We pray, Lord God, Jesus Christ, that you will take them over, that they may know you and the power of your resurrection in Jesus' name. If you have prayed that prayer, and you're online, you look at the screen, you see a number there, text for giving to it, and pastors will reach out to you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we just thank you for the privilege of hearing your word. We pray, King of glory, that you magnify magnified in our hearts, by the power of the Holy Ghost, and let it bear fruits in us and help us as we run this race, that we may run successfully to the glory of your name in Jesus' mighty name.